Ezra chapter 7, verse 27. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who put such a thing as this into the heart of the king to beautify the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem, and who extended to me his steadfast love before the king and his counselors and before all the king's mighty officers. I took courage for the hand of the Lord my God was on me, and I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. These are the heads of their fathers' houses, and this is the genealogy of those who went up with me from Babylonia in the reign of Artaxerxes the king, of the sons of Phinehas, Gershom, of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel, of the sons of David, Hattush, of the sons of Shechaniah, who was of the sons of Parosh, Zechariah, with whom were registered 150 men, of the sons of Pahath Moab, Elihonai, the son of Zerahiah, and, and with him 200 men, of the sons of Zatu, Shechaniah, the son of Jehaziel, with him 300 men, of the sons of Aden, Ebed, the son of Jonathan, and with him 50 men, of the sons of Elam, Jeshiah, the son of Athaliah, and with him 70 men, and of the sons of, of Shephathiah, Zebediah, the son of Michal, and with him 80 men, of the sons of Joab, Obadiah, the son of Jehiel, and with him 218 men, of the sons of Benai, Sheloth, Shelothmith, the son of Josephiah, and with him 160 men, and of the sons of Babai, Zechariah, the son of Babai, and with him 28 men, and of the sons of Asgad, Johanan, the son of Hakatan, and with him 110 men, and of the sons of Adonakam, those who came later, their names were Eliphaleth, Jewel, and Shemaiah, and with them 60 men. And of the sons of Bigvi, Uthai, and Zagur, and with them 70 men. Okay, you got those names? <laughs> All of them? <clears throat> we're going to be tested on those later. So, we're, we're, we're in Ezra part 2. Remember, the book of Ezra kind of is, is, is divided. First six chapters begin when, uh, when Cyrus makes his decree that the people, the children of Israel living in captivity in Babylonia can return to the land to build the temple in about 536 B.C. Chapter 7 begins a second part. Uh, of, of when Ezra himself goes back in, in about 458 B.C. So from chapter 1 to chapter 7, there's a period of 80 years that, that occurs. During that 80 years, the children of Israel, they go back, they begin to, uh, they build the altar, they, they begin to lay the foundation for the, the, the second temple, the rebuilding of the temple that the Babylonians had destroyed. Their neighbors come in. They act like they want to help. They say, no, we don't need help. Uh, we, 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 you say we worship the same God, but in reality, we don't worship the same God. At, at that point, the neighbors became angry. They discouraged the people. They, they made them fearful, and so the work stopped until God sent Haggai and Zechariah, two prophets, to, to uh, challenge the people 
and, and to get the, the work going. They finally finished the temple in about 515 B.C., and, and, and they began then with this great celebration. They celebrated Passover, the, the feast of, the, of, of unleavened bread that immediately follows Passover. And then about, you know, when you're doing math in, in, in years before Christ, you, 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 it's, it, sometimes it gets tricky or it gets tricky on my brain. About 57 years have passed since the temple was rebuilt. Now God has laid it on Ezra's heart to go back to Jerusalem. We're going to find out next week, and we did a preview in chapter 9 of just what the conditions are in Jerusalem when he gets back. Maybe Ezra has heard rumors of, of that, that the people have, have regressed. There's been this great spiritual decline in, in Jerusalem, in, in Judah, in, in Israel. Uh, but at this time, he's, he's just preparing to go. And so he went to King Artaxerxes, Four kings removed, actually more than that, but four major kings removed from Cyrus, that we had Cyrus and then his son Cambyses and then Gamutu and then Darius, who, who was the king at the time of, of uh, Haggai and Zechariah, and then Xerxes, the king who was uh, in Esther's day, and now Artaxerxes. Ezra approaches him and, and, and asks for permission to go and says that, that the king granted him everything that he asked for. Why? Over and over and over we, we read this expression. Because the hand of God or the good hand of God was on him. That Ezra, he, he wants there to be no doubt how these uh, things are coming about. That it's not his words or his uh, brilliance in in. in, in uh, convincing the king that it's a good thing, that Ezra, he's not going to boast in anything save the Lord. Sounds, sounds familiar. Like, like Paul says, I'm not going to boast in anything except the cross uh, of Christ. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something that we can glean from the passage. Over and over, Ezra says, the, the hand of the Lord was upon me and upon us. Chapter 7 had ended with, with that benediction of, of, of uh, God, you know, blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who put such a thing into the heart of the king to beautify the house of the Lord. I mean, that is, that is as, as great of a contemporary verse that, that we can have, much, much like, uh, like Corey's message this morning. God put it in Artaxerxes' heart to allow these things, not only to send back Ezra and, and, and this next band, this next group of, of Israelites to the, to the land, but also to pay for it. Now, if God would do that, could do that, did do that, what can he do today with our current situation, with, with, with our government, whichever side you're on, that, that he can still move the heart of the king, the heart of the president, the heart of the governor, just, just keep naming them, and God can put it on their heart 
to, to, uh, to change and to, and to do things that would be uh, to lifting up the people of God. And so Ezra said, I, I took courage because I knew the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he said, I gathered all these leading men. And there in, in, in chapter 8, the beginning, we have a list of those people who go. Anything jump out at you? Okay, I got about like six real quick questions. I don't have any answers. I have all these questions. Why do we have another list? Or is it another list? Okay, it's another list. Remember, there was a list in chapter 2. Is Ezra just trying to fill up pages? or, or They are related. How are they related? You see some of the same relations, relatives in, in this list as we did in the list in chapter 2. I mean, and it's almost like you have to have two Bibles. Okay, I have to have two Bibles open to see these, you know. Otherwise, you're flipping back and forth and you flip back. And we don't know these names. These are, you know, I mean, there's a couple of them that are easy to pronounce uh, unless you just start going too phonetically. Like we call it Michael. You know, I think the Hebrew may be more like Mikael, but just uh, let's just call him Michael from now on, Jonathan, Joab. Some of them are easy. You can look back and you can spot those. But most of them, it's like, okay, by the time you flip back two or three pages, you forgot the name you were looking for. So you have two Bibles and you look and you notice, oh, these are all, it's like the same people or, or the same families. Now, what could be going on there? Why, give me, give me possibilities or. Right. And, and that was earlier in Ezra. I don't know if Nehemiah has the same thing, but it, but at least happened in Ezra too. It's like some of the priests couldn't, they couldn't confirm their heritage that they were really descended from, from Aaron. Remember the priests, they're of the tribe of Levite, but the priests had to come from Aaron's line. Who do we have here in Aaron's line? Phineas, who was his grandson, and Ithamar, who was one of Aaron's sons. That it was important, their, their heritage was important. And, it, and it's kind of difficult now. Is heritage important? I mean, on the one hand, God has no grandchildren. Each of us has to have a relationship with him individually. But, 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 but sometimes, uh, you know, heritage is important. I was, I was listening to a, a guy, he's from the Free Church of Scotland, and, he, and, and I'll not try to imitate him because I don't do a Scottish accent or British accent, but that he said when, when, when he was going through school for the Free Church of Scotland, that, and, it, and it's a Presbyterian uh, church, that 
he would go to, they, they, they send you out to preach all over the countryside. And he would, he would go and they'd say, he said, it, it kind of got him by surprise that he would go to this church and he'd say, well, you know, uh, who are your people? He's like, what do you mean who are my people? And, and what they were wanting to know was, do you have a heritage <coughs> family from the Free Church of Scotland? You know, so that he could, you know, they could trace it back that it was important. And you think about a small town like Grandview, you know, you move here from the outside and somebody told me, look, don't say anything bad about anybody because more than likely you're talking, and you shouldn't do that anyhow, okay, but more than likely you're going to be talking to one of their relatives <laughs> and it's like, but, but, but the, the heritage was important because the priests had to be from the line of Aaron. I've always said if you stayed it long enough, you're going to be 10 to half percent. <laughs> yeah, and then like I have two cousins that now are, you know, and anyhow, that doesn't matter. So, so, so they, it was important for them to, uh, to, to, to show their, their, their heritage, particularly the, the, the priests. Who's listed besides the priests? Okay, so you have a bunch. Okay, that was going to be my answer. So. so it starts with two sons of, of Aaron, Phineas and Ithamar, and, and then their descendant, Gershom and Daniel. And then, then who does it list? Sons of David. Hattush. Who is David? That's the lineage of what? Of Jesus. Notice he's, he's including this descendant of David who's going back. Now, there are already some descendants there. But it's a reminder, a renewal of the, of the promise, the Davidic covenant, that you will always have a descendant on the throne. What's going to happen in, if this is 458 B.C., what's going to happen in a little over 450 years? The Messiah is going to come. Jesus is going to come. Here is a descendant of David through whom, now he's not listed in the, in, in the, in the genealogy in Matthew or Luke, but, but here's a, a, a descendant of David through whom the, the Messiah will come. That it was, that it was important to, to note that, and it, and it gives them, uh, the original readers, that hope of that covenant. And it's more than a hope. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a promise and it's a certainty that God is going to keep his, his promise that David is always going to have a descendant on the throne. And then the next group, all of those names are just the laity that goes back, that God put it on their hearts to go back with, uh, with Ezra to check on the work, see what's going on. Did they represent the um, I don't know. And it doesn't really say. And, 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 it, and it could. Or there more, are there 12 families? Something. 
Yeah. I'm not sure. But you can look this week and then you can give us a report next week. <laughs> but let's don't leave. I mean, we need to leave the, the, that aspect that Terry was talking about, the tracing their heritage was important. Um, do you know the name J. Hudson Taylor? Okay, who was he? He was a missionary to? I think it was China. You're exactly right. J. Hudson Taylor, 19th century missionary to, to, to China. He started the, the Inland China uh, Mission and, and, and probably one of the greatest missionaries of, of all time. Well, he said, he said a lot of things, but here's one thing that he said. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. It was important, and we're going to see it in this next section as well, that, and Ezra, remember, he was a priest and a scribe. He knew the Word of God. He, he copied it for, so that there were, you know, other people could read it. But he's, he, 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 he is absolutely committed to doing it God's way. And he says, here we have these priests. Let's see what happens next, starting in verse 15. I gathered them. So he gathers this group. It's just under uh, 1,500 men. And you figure, okay, one wife, two kids, so maybe 6,000 people going back. Remember, there were just under 50,000 that went with the first time with Zerubbabel and, and, and Jeshua. I gathered them to the river that runs to Ahava, and there we camped three days. As I reviewed the people and the priests, I found there were none of the sons of Levi. Okay, sons of Levi and the priests... Two, two descendants, two, two lines, well, actually three lines, but of, of, the, uh, of Levi, the tribe of Levi, that was the priestly tribe, those going, being direct descendants of Aaron, Moses' brother, were the priests. The others were the Levites. They were, they were uh, helpers of the priests. They <laughs> served in the temple. There was an, an important role for them. Sometimes it was... It probably wasn't as prestigious as the priests, and a lot of times it was the heavy lifting for the priests, you know, the daily sacrifices and, and moving the carcasses and, and cleaning up the blood and, and, and that sort of thing. But So they are vitally important. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. Ezra gets them there. They're ready to go. What would you do? Okay, we're, we're ready to go. Let's, let's go. You know, we've got a, we know it's going to take them about four months to get there. It's 900 miles. But before they go, Ezra pauses to, to, to make preparation. I think a physical preparation, also a, a spiritual preparation. That he pauses, he doesn't just jump into this. It's 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 certainly an, another uh, example of what you know how we can go about 
things on an on an individual basis uh, and, and as a corporate uh, on a corporate basis of of our church that that he pauses. What does he say he does? He reviews the people and the priests. You know, so you have six thousand people at at this canal, this 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 river, uh, the Ahava. It runs from the Euphrates and then through the city of, of Babylon to the Tigris River that, that they cut canals. And, and you've got them. They're camping out there, 6,000 people. This is like, you know, Lake Whitney on the 4th of July. And, and just kids running everywhere, and people are excited. We're going back to Jerusalem. And, and Ezra is, is going through, and he notices. And you can just see him meeting some of these people. You know, who are you? What tribe are you from? What, what do you do? And he, and he gets through all of the people and he realizes there are no Levites. We have to have Levites. Now, the easiest thing to do would be say, okay, need volunteers. We have no Levites. Who wants to serve in the temple? I mean, that would have been quicker. They could have got on their way. But Ezra is like, no. God's work has to be done God's way. And if it is... God will supply. And he's already testified over and over, the hand of God was upon me. The hand of God was with us. So he knows that, that God will provide. Verse 16, then I sent, and, we, and, and we've got, here are the guys that Levi, I mean that Ezra sends searching for Levites. Then I sent for Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, El Nathan, Jareeb, El Nathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, leading men. And for Joyarib and El Nathan, who were men of insight. So he sends for these, these nine leading men and two others that are wise men, men, men of insight. And I sent them to Ido, the leading man at the place of Kasipha, telling them what to say to Ido and his brothers and the temple servants at the place of Kasipha, namely to send us ministers for the house of God. So he sends them to this, this other city, or maybe it's a, you know, a little section of Babylon, to, to Ido, who is a, a leading Levite. And he, and he says, we need you to send us Men to go with us, Levites to go with us. The decree of, of, of Artaxerxes has been anybody that's willing to go may go back. So they send out the word, we're going to go back. None of the Levites respond. They, they initially, they're not, they're not ready to go. Why? Oh, they're obviously comfortable in Babylon. They are comfortable in the culture they are living in. Hmm. Now, Jeremiah had told them in Jeremiah chapter 29, when, when, when you, you're, you're in exile, you're going to exile, when you get there, build houses, plant gardens, plant vineyards, eat, eat the produce, give your sons and your daughters in, in marriage to, to other Israelites, pray for the city that, that you're in. But after 70 years, I'm going to send you back. God says he's going to send you back. But they have gotten comfortable. The Levites in the land of, of Israel, turn to the, you know, the last chapter in the Bible, maps, and, 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 and look at the, the 12 tribes. There is no 
land designation for the tribe of Levi. Why? Because they were to be spread out through all of the, of, of the, of the country. Perhaps they're comfortable, hey, I can own land in Babylon. I can't own land if we go back, you know, that, that we're prospering and, and, and that it was like, I, don't, I really don't want to go back. I'm, I'm comfortable living in this culture. Looking out for themselves. Can we become comfortable living in our cult culture and, and, and not do the things that God want, wants us to do? He sends these 11 to Ido, and, and, and there are some that answer the, the call. Verse 18, he sends his, send us Levites, ministers for the house of God. Verse 18, and by the good hand of our God on us, they brought us a man of discretion of the sons of, of Malai, the son of Levi, son of Israel, namely Sherebiah with his sons and kinsmen, 18, and also Hashabiah, and with him Jeshiah, and of the sons of Merari with his kinsmen, and of their sons, 20, besides 220 of the temple servants, whom David and his officials had set apart to attend the Levites, they were all, these were all mentioned by name. So what does Ezra say in his newsletter? And I'm not, I'm just saying newsletter because that's kind of a Baptist thing. And this has nothing to do with anything you've read in any of our newsletters. It actually, it just kind of slipped out. <laughs> what does he say in his, you know, our steering committee, they found the Levites. No. Once again, who does he immediately give credit to? And the good hand of God, of the good hand of our God was on us. There's no in-between. Ezra says, God blessed us again. It was the hand of God that we sent these 12, is it, no, 11 men. They go to Edu, and now we've got, you know, 38 Levites and 220 temple servants to go back. We're ready to go, right? We're ready to go. Verse 21, let's, let's, let's get started. Let's go. Verse 21, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way since we had told the king the hand of our God is, is for good on all who seek him and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. Would you have paused? You got everything you need. But he, but he stops. Interestingly, and, and maybe you know this, I'll, I'll give you another name, John Robinson. And don't say lost in space. John Robinson. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit more. This was the text of John Robinson's last sermon that he preached in uh, Leiden, Netherlands, or Leiden, Netherlands. Any guesses? 
I mean, it's not like I knew this last week. I came across <laughs> this, okay? It's not that I'm that smart. I came across this. This would have been in, I think, 1628. Any, 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 the last sermon that John Robinson preached before the pilgrims came to the new world. I mean, he, verse 21, well, it was the, okay, that gives me chill bumps. I, I don't know, it just seems super cool that before the pilgrims depart to come to the new world, they haven't been here, their pastor uses Ezra 8:21 for his last sermon. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and for our goods. That was the, the sermon the pilgrims heard before they, they came here. What, what is he calling them to do? He says that we might humble ourselves before the Lord. What does that mean? Any other translations or, yeah, like the NIV or somebody may have a different. There's a big element of repentance there that, that we might repent, that we might make ourselves right before God, that we might approach God. We're humbling ourselves before God. We're coming to Him as creatures, the created, to the Almighty. We're not going to God as equals. No one is God's equal. And, and, and He says that before they go, they, they humble themselves, and He proclaims a, a fast. You know, in those days, they, they don't have microwavable dinners or drive-thrus or anything. I mean, it would take a good portion of the day to, you know, to prepare the food. And it's like, no, we're not, we're not doing that so that we have more time to pray. You know, it's like, it's like one day they asked Martin Luther, the, the reformer, you know, what are you going to do tomorrow? And he said, work, work, work from early until late. As a matter of fact, I have so much to do that I must spend the first three hours of the day in prayer. I mean, that'll step on your toes right there. It, it's, I, I have so much. And, and so they're, they're, they're fasting and they're praying before God. And then Ezra throws out another kind of a, a, a reason behind this. He said, I was ashamed to tell the king that we needed soldiers and horsemen because I've already told him that the hand of God is, is for good on those who seek him and, and for, the, you know, for his wrath against those who forsake him. Now, Ezra is not, I don't think he's so much worried about saving faces. He's, he's worried about God's reputation to the king. I've been telling Artaxerxes that God's hand is going to be for good on those who, who, who seek him. How can I ask him for an armed guard? That, that would be disparaging to the name of, of God. And so he's like, and I don't think he felt like he was backed into a corner. That, that he, he wanted God to be glorified in this to the king. Let's read the next section and we'll see why that was even more important 
Okay, verse 24. Then I set aside, set apart 12 of the leading men, Sherebiah, Ashabiah, and the 10 of his kinsmen. And you're kind of like, oh man, I am so glad he didn't list all 10 of their names. <laughs> and I weighed out to them the silver and the gold and the vessels, the offering of the house for the house of God, that, that, that the king and his counselors and his Lord and all Israel, their, their present had offered. I weighed out into their hand 650 talents of silver and silver vessels worth 200 talents and 100 talents of, of gold, 20 bowls of gold worth 1,000 derricks and two vessels of fine, bright bronze as precious gold. And I said to them, you are holy to the Lord and the vessels are holy and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering to the Lord, the God of, of, of our fathers. Guard them and keep them until you weigh them before the chief priests and the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses in Israel at Jerusalem within the chambers of the house of the Lord. So the priests and the Levites took over the weight of the silver and the gold and the vessels to bring them to Jerusalem to the house of our God. Then we departed from the river Ahava on the 12th day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. Remember, they started on the first month, first day of the first month. So for 12 days, they have been preparing spiritually, planning in, in a physical sense. Do we have the Levites? Can we do God's work God's way? And, and so they, they've delayed 12 days to make sure they're right. Okay, we're in the middle of verse 31. The hand of our God was on us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from ambushes by the way. We came to Jerusalem, and there we remained three days. On the fourth day within the house of our God, the silver and the gold and the vessels were weighed into the hands of Miramoth, the priest, uh, son of Uriah, and with him Eleazar, the son of Phinehas, and with them were the Levites, Josabad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Benui. The whole was counted and weighed, and the weight of everything was recorded. At that time, those who had come from captivity, the returned exiles, offered burnt offerings to the Lord, to the God of Israel, 12 bulls for all Israel, 69 rams, 77 lambs, and as a sin offering, 12 male goats. All this was a burnt offering to the Lord. They also delivered the king's commission to the king's satraps and to the governors of the province beyond the river, and they aided the people and the house of God. So they've got all of these riches, goods. Um, a talent was, some places say 66 pounds, some say 75 pounds. It, 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 I read one estimate, if you add it all together, it's 28 Tons. Okay, so what is that? Like 56,000 pounds of stuff. They're taking 900 miles. They're walking. They're, you know, maybe pulling wagons with an ox or a donkey. They've got all of those riches. It's like when the children of Israel left Egypt that the Egyptians gave them gold and silver and, 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 and clothing and all of these things. Ezra, it, it, it's, it's very much a second exile. As a matter of fact, the, the Jews even, even today see Ezra as a second Moses, that, that God is, is delivering his children once again and sending them back. So it would have behooved Ezra to, we need an armed guard. We got 56,000 pounds of gold and silver. Somebody's going to want to take it away from us. And he's like, 
I can't do, I can't do that. That would be, that would be shaming God. That would be, um, you, you know, not having faith in God. And so they prayed to God, and it says that, that his hand was on them there in verse, in verse 31. He delivered us from the hand of our enemy and from ambushes along the way. Nobody bothered them that, that, that God de delivered them. It's, it's, Ezra may be like the most neglected Old Testament figure. I mean, it's like, oh, wow, this guy was, he was really, yeah, spot on. That, that, that he, he knew he, he had such a relationship with God. The things that he did, it, it, it's, it's God's moving Ezra, the king, to continue his people in Jerusalem, in Israel, setting the stage for Messiah to come. You know, the ultimate Exodus delivery renewal of God sending his son to deliver us from our, our sin. To, to deliver us from our bondage of, of sin and, and, and death. We, we see his, his prayer, his, his spiritual preparation, but overall, who started this? God. God initiated it, God orchestrated it, and God executed it, that he brought it all about. It is exactly like our salvation. God initiated it, God orchestrated our salvation, and God delivered our salvation. You know, it's like, what do we see in the passage? We see God's hand of grace on his people, and it's, it's easy to make that connection to. It's just like God's hand of grace on us for our salvation. Where did we finish? We'll start in chapter 9 next week. Any other observations? I mean, those were just mine. I'm sure you have some even better ones. Okay, let's pray and then, and then we'll go. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I just thank you that you are the author of our salvation, our deliverance, and that even, even as we see your hand was upon Ezra and those returning Jews that we can look into our lives and see how many times you have, have delivered us. And God, we just thank you for your salvation. And may we live like children of the King. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.